Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. If you ne never did anything else for us but just, just die on the cross for our sins, that's enough for us to be eternally, 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 eternally grateful. We honor you tonight, Lord. I thank you because your presence is here. Scripture says where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst of them. We know you're here. We know you're at work. We know you're faithful. In a world that is shifting sand, in a world that's falling apart financially and emotionally and spiritually, we know that you have stood the test of time. You have a track record, Lord. You've always been faithful. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity. Thank you for this time with everyone in this house. Thank you that the faithful are gathered because they want to they hear your word. This is a worship service. Everything we do is to worship you, my God. We trust you. We believe you. We thank you. We can't do anything without you. We will constantly humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We know in Scripture, you, you said numerous times, basically you said you resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. You said you, man, it says it in Proverbs, you destroy the house of the proud. Pride was the original sin when Satan list, lifted up himself against you and rebelled. God, we will always humble ourselves before you. We will always give you the credit. We will always be grateful we will not live a life without prayer in the word because that would be a form of pride saying, God, I don't need you. I'm independent of you. No, Lord, we need you. We need you. That's why we're gathered here tonight. We need you and we need other believers, Father. Now, I plead the blood of Jesus over your word and over this time together tonight, Father, over the folks that are here and those they represent, I thank you that your word is going to fall on good ground. And because you're worth it, it's worth serving you. <laughs> it's worth serving you. It's worth being here, God, in your presence on a Wednesday night. Tough night for some folks to, to get out and do something like this. But, God, I know you honor it. And we honor you tonight by putting you first. I thank you for the opportunity to be here together in your presence, Lord. We praise you. We thank you because you are worthy once again. We honor you and glorify you. Just worship him just for a moment. Say, man, I haven't taken the time to do that in a while. You know, worship is the highest form of prayer. You're putting God first. You're saying, God, can't do it without you. But we thank you for all the good things. And we thank you in the midst of trouble. We thank you anyway, God, because it's your will to thank you in everything. In everything, we praise you tonight, God. We thank you tonight, Father. You are good. You are holy. And I think you're going to speak to all of us tonight, Father God. Straight out of your word, even though it's verse by verse, chapter by chapter, something simple. It's, just, it's, it's a Bible study service, and Lord, we thank you for it. Once again, we give you glory. Lord, that I would only speak what you would have me to speak tonight. We praise you. In Jesus' name, somebody said, amen. Go ahead and say hi to somebody. Tell them welcome. Hey, Neha, what's up? Oh, let's do this.
Well, okay. Good to see everybody. Can y'all can y'all hear me okay out there? Gina on the back row. Can you hear me good, Matthew? We're good? All right. Um, hi, Lita. Welcome. And has this young lady that came with you, has she been here before? When I wasn't here. Well, what's your name? Hi, Courtney. How are you related? Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Courtney. Welcome back. Um, Kristen, have you ever been here before? In a English service or not a service, you're coming to spiritual warfare. It's always good to have you, Kristen. You're always welcome. Praying for you and your family. Anybody else? Okay. I just want to recognize any any new folks. So you guys know I love doing this, and you may think it's cheesy, but I'm corny. That's how I got my wife. That's part of my, my boyish charm, I think. But so I have some amazing peppermints for correct answers or nearly correct answers i may gra- i may grade it on, i may grade it on a curve we'll see how we what do they call it coach the bell curve i don't know I, I never quite understood that but a certain amount of people have to oh anyway so raise your hand though okay so that i can recognize you how tall was goliath do we think in modern i was gonna say modern footage but that's incorrect english modern measurement how tall was goliath eight foot is a good guess do i have any if anyone doesn't get as close as that then i'm gonna i will give you the candy nine feet the the general guess is closer to nine feet so eight foot is actually a good guess i've read some stuff and i don't believe this that he was six nine so i don't know if that would have been considered a giant back then but based upon the cubits the measurements, he would be closer to nine foot. Sis? Yeah, Shaq, Shaq Tower's over six nine, so maybe he's a little giant. So uh, on the story, on the story of, of David and Goliath, does anyone remember how many smooth stones David chose as his weapon? How many? Five. Wish I could give you five candies. Good catch. Good eye-hand coordination. All right. So this is this is a challenging one. This is extra credit. If I could break off the other candy, I'd give you one and a half for this one. Um, really, that's just my thinking. My mind works in a strange way. So, Ephesus. What modern-day country is Ephesus located in? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a hint. It's Asia Minor, but where is Asia Minor now? It was called Asia Asia. Where? I'm telling you. Beautiful job, beautiful job. You you raised your nose. You were like, you were like, you were like turkey. Now I don't know if you really did that, but <laughs> I felt it. So, and we we had a connection. So you looked at me. You said it. That's a great answer. So easy one. If you've already answered one, you can't answer another one. Longest chapter in the Bible. I've used this one before. Got to raise your hand. Longest chapter in the... But what, what, why, did, why did you look at your hand? She raised her hand and went... Oh, is that what you're doing? I'm sorry, I had to bring it up. I was... Did I... She, she, she raised her hand and went... Psalm 119. So... Ready, Valley? You got to be looking at me because this will bean you. Oh, wow. 
I was never much of a quarterback, but all right. So, so I, I've exhausted my supply of candies. You know, I saw, <laughs> I saw a meme, and I'm going to get into the word, but I got to do this just because the accent makes me laugh. You could tell that they were a native Spanish speaker. I'm not making fun of them. I'm making fun of what they, they were putting a stop to and having a boundary with. I speak Spanish as well, so this is a great joke for Spanish speakers, but it's really happened. I saw a meme, and you could tell they were Spanish speakers because it was in the Halloween season. It's been from a few years ago, and they said, no trico tree. T-R-I-K-O-T-R-I, I think is how it went. No tricotri, no I candy. No I means there is not any here. No I. There's no candy to be, no I candy. And I just love that. I just wanted to share that with you all. So if you have a problem with kids knocking at the door and stuff, and I, I don't celebrate Halloween at all, and I know kids celebrate it innocently. I'm not a fan of Halloween based upon its roots. It's a religious holiday. So you may not agree with me, that's fine. But I can just tell you this, the proof is in the pudding. It's getting gorier and gorier every year, and that's not of God. So that's just as your pastor and your friend, I'm just telling you, it's weird. And it's, it has pagan roots. And uh, so I, it's actually a celebration of the Lord of the Dead from ancient uh, United Kingdom, and that was Samhain. So it's kind of creepy and scary. And you can feel it that night. You can feel it on Halloween night. So the good thing about Halloween night is, and my wife hates, hates Halloween, but I met her on October 31st. Doesn't, doesn't God have a sense of humor? <laughs> God brought her to my mama's door October 31st, 2002, and I went, no tricotri, no hay candy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I said, wow, you're tall. <laughs> It's beautiful. So praise God. I thank God for my wife. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 15. Romans 10, 15. And we're in the midst of it here. You know, sometimes we kind of got to blend back in, bleed back into the text because this is where we left off last week. Approximately there may, may be some overlap. But the Apostle Paul is talking here, and he's making several points. Remember, this is a letter to believers. This is an epistle. This is a letter written to believers, people who already believe in Jesus. Okay? So please don't forget that. So we begin tonight with this. The Apostle Paul says, And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's sharing the gospel. What is the gospel? It's good news. That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring what? Good news there is always a blessing for you if you share your faith scripture proves it scripture promises it god is not a man that he should lie so man when you can share your faith share your faith invite people to church tell them about how god has changed you you may say man i'm not where i need to be yet pastor matt tell them about how god is working on you because folks are going to serve it up someone god's going to send someone across your path i promise where they go I don't know if life's worth it. This is crazy. I just get up and go to work. What else is there? God is going to allow people. We call it a layup in basketball, a wide open layup. You know what that is? You're right next to the basket. You're all alone. It's just you in the basket. That's, that's the easy shot in basketball. You're wide open. And that's when someone shows up basically asking for you to tell them about the gospel. And it's going to happen. 
I don't know what to do. Life is crazy. I don't know where to turn. Oh, man, I've got good news for you. And the powerful thing about good news, the gospel, is that it brings hope. How many of you know that many people have lost hope? They have. People do crazy things when they lose hope. They go out and do crazy things. So you always have hope. You serve the God of hope, and he's given you a confident hope in him. So look at this. Blessed are the feet of those that go and share the good news. Like everything about you is blessed if you take good news to people, God's word. But look, but not everyone welcomes the good news. (laughs) You've been there too, right? But that doesn't mean you should give up. Say, man, they didn't want to hear about it. I'm going to just stop telling people. Oh, no, you got to live it. I was telling sis before the service, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are a reflection of Jesus because he lives in you now. The light shines through you brightly. You are the light of the world. But not everyone welcomes the good news, so you, but you keep telling it because you're the light of the world. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. Let's hesitate there. I used that verse um, on Sunday, and I use this verse a lot. One translation says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Same thing, I like the older translation, but faith does come from hearing. I don't know all of your lives, but I feel like I need to I need to share this. And I feel this is a word for somebody tonight. I don't know if it's on the live stream or someone in this house. I feel this by the Spirit of God tonight. But some of you have been verbally abused. No one in here has told me that. Maybe it was your past. I don't know that it's your present. The Lord hasn't, He's hidden that from me. But I will tell you this. There are folks in here who have been verbally abused and you were told some certain things so many times that you believed it. Remember, I had a teacher in high school. His name was Coach Manus. Loved the guy. He told us his story one time. He said, I was sitting in class. I don't remember. I think it was in Arkansas where he was raised. And he said, I was tall for my height, uh, for my age. And he said, I was skinny as a rail. I stood out. And he said, I dressed ugly to school. And he said, one time my teacher pointed me out in class and said, stand up. I forgot his first name. Was it Scott? I don't remember. He was Coach Manus to me. He said, my teacher told me to stand up. And my teacher said, see, he's an example of what you never want to become. Basically, he's going to be a loser. Don't ever be like him. I think he wore just real crummy clothes to school because he worked the fields. They were poor. Well, he got his degree, he became an accountant, he became a teacher and a coach, he got to be an example, and he was a decent, good man. He's he's gone to be with the Lord already, years ago. But I'll never forget a number of things about that. Number one, he didn't get bitter, he didn't act like a bitter person, he forgave them. But number two, he didn't buy into that lie, that he was a nobody. And it was funny when he told his story, because he said, you know, I get to teach kids. I get to do this. I get to do that. And he goes, how big is Hobbs? Are we the fourth or fifth largest city in the state? I don't know. But it was funny that he even used that as a praise report. He goes, I live in one of the largest cities in New Mexico. (laughs) Like he said something funny and I was all, I've always been grateful for Hobbs personally. My my thing is if you hate it, leave it. I don't really want to hear it if you hate it, but because God brought us here, and I've loved it ever since. It, it has its imperfections and its problems, but don't talk bad about it. But anyway, like he, he was just grateful for everything. He, did not, he didn't build up his false faith from listening to negative reports. See, if you hear something long enough, you believe it. 
And I don't know who in this house has heard junk about themselves. You stop believing the enemy about yourself. Stop it. In the name of Jesus, stop it. You're better than that. I see you as better than that. Most importantly, God knows you're amazing. Why? Because you're his creation and you're his child. Once you've accepted Jesus, you are a child of God and you are in his kingdom. Not his democracy. His kingdom. Are y'all with me? He's a king, so we do his will. You serve the king. You serve at his pleasure. Faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. Like I said, older translations say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You hear something long enough and you start to believe it. So make sure you're exposing yourself to the truth. Make sure you're exposing yourself to the truth. Would you put that on the screen just one more time? Faith comes from hearing. So make sure you're hearing the right things. Don't expose yourself to junk and negativity. All right? You are a creation of God. You are his child. You're his son. You're his daughter. All right? Any questions? I know you're not going to ask any, so I'm going to move on. I just like to do that to mess with you. But I ask, the Apostle Paul here says, he he goes on to something else. He said, but I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Oh, yes, they have. They were... They were the original people of God, the people of Israel. And now, as you listen tonight, don't ever get it in your head that God's done with the people of Israel. Okay, I don't know if we're going to get to that part, but the, Paul, the Apostle Paul gets into that as well. He's not done with Israel, but he has engrafted us in. Do you know what being engrafted us in? Uh, engrafted in means he's blended us in into the original plan of God, but we're under a better covenant now. The New Testament is a better covenant than the Old. It's simpler, and Jesus is the perfect lamb. So he confirmed and he fulfilled all sacrifices. Scripture says he takes away the sin of the world. Remember the Old Testament? You had to cover your sin all the time. Man, I would have had to be sacrificing so many animals, right, back in the day. I've grown up a lot, but man, the mistakes and dumb things I've done. Okay, hey, priest, here I am again. We got another goat. We got another bird. We got it. Man, I'm killing off all the animals with my sin. Man, troubling when you think about it. I said, man, and I'm pretty humane. I love animals. That would have bothered me. He simplified it. It's so beautiful. I want you to be grateful. I want God to lay this on your heart where you're so grateful, so appreciative that, man, because of Jesus, you can now enter into the Holy of Holies. What does that mean? You can just talk to God. You don't have to send me in there for you. Here's what's crazy, too, in the Old Testament. When they sent priests in, they would tie a rope around their ankle and they'd put bells on them. Because you go into the presence of a holy God, not just right, and you die. They said, if we, if we stop hearing those bells, man, jerk him out of there. I don't know if they had CPR back then, but I, he, maybe he's gone. Just You can pull him out. And you know why they had a rope? They're like, I ain't going in there after you. I don't know. I may have, met, I may have forgot to confess a sin and do a sacrifice or something that was in the holy of holies where god met what scripture says the shekinah glory of god sat now god's presence he manifests himself like never before because of jesus where people worship him his presence is here tonight and i feel his presence and he's working in your heart right now great news they had i said all that to say and I wander on Wednesday nights, I know, it's a prophetic word many times. But I said all that to say is God started off with Israel, with the Old Testament, but the New Testament is for them as much as it is for us. Why? He started off with them. Jesus came to the Jewish people, and he gave them the new covenant in his blood. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. Once you've heard something, you're responsible for it. 
The message has gone what? Throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? The Apostle Paul says, yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said what? I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. Someday God prophesied through Moses, I'm going to make you jealous because there's going to be other people that what? You'll see. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. Gentiles are non-Jews, the people that God had not revealed himself to like the Jews. And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. Some of you would even admit, man, when I found God, I really wasn't looking for him. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. Can I read that verse again? This moves me. I was found by people. This is hundreds of years before Jesus was born. God always existed, but he manifested himself as Jesus. Hundreds of years after Isaiah prophesied this, the prophet of the Old Testament. You can read this for yourself. He said, I was found by people who were not looking for me. (laughs) I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. That's powerful. So, Scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So let me say that again. It's kind of a play on words. Many of you found God when you weren't really looking for him. Right? Now some of you say, no, no, I was starting to seek God. Well, not everybody's testimony is exactly the same. You say, man, was I? I, It's like I stumbled across him. He revealed himself to me. Someone came and shared the gospel with me. I don't know everybody's story in here, but I do know this. Everybody has a story. Powerful. But regarding Israel, God said, all day long I opened my arms to them. You ever done this to you ever done this to a kid? You're like this? And they're like, what do they do? They're messing with you, your little baby or your nephew, your niece. They look at you. I've done it with my niece before. I'm like, come here, Mikhan. They're like. It's me, Uncle. What? What? Where are you going? Look, all day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and what? rebellious not saying my niece is but that's just an example like no i'm not going to you there's other stuff out there why why are humans this way is god gives you all this and you go yeah but i want that little kids are that way i saw it the other day in my experience with a little kid you give them all this they go yeah that's great but i want more and i want i want that what you the one thing you've said i can't have i want that Hmm. Let me read that. Let me read that again, if you don't mind. But regarding Israel. God said, all day long, I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. (laughs) Man, you know, being rebellious toward God is interesting because it's in um, the book of Samuel in the Old Testament. And you guys study this in spiritual warfare class. Rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. Why? Because you're serving yourself. You are God. When you do what you want all the time, it doesn't mean that you're not going to mess up or whatever. Even the epistles, the letters to the churches and believers, we don't mess up. we got to confess our sins and stuff. There's no condemnation. Look, seek God. There's forgiveness. But you're constantly seeking your own will. It's like witchcraft because you're worshiping yourself. And when you worship yourself, it ends up being devil worship. People say, people have told me before, they said, man, that's crazy, Pastor. What do you mean? I said, yeah, you either serve God or you serve the devil. So no, me and God have an understanding. I serve myself. Well, then by default, you serving yourself, you're a devil worshiper. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like real crazy stuff. I, I just throw it out like a grenade and back up and let it blow up. <laughs> what? 
mess jerking people's chain no but really think about it say if i serve me i end up serving the devil because i'm not serving god by default jesus said whoever's not for me is a, is what so i, I don't want to really serve jesus but i'm cool with him i've had people i think elon musk they he had a he had an interview and they were trying to get him to admit something about jesus and he's like i'm not going to stop basically he said i'm not going to stop the work of jesus or whatever i'm not against him what does that mean <laughs> what what does that mean i'm cool with it y'all go ahead and talk about jesus but i'm not really going to serve him well that's fine everybody has a will but if you're not for him you're against him let's move on to the next verse 11 1 the apostle asked here, I asked then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? And people have gotten off with this one. They've totally fallen off track with this. They say, well, God, they call it replacement theology. Is because Israel as a whole ended up rejecting Jesus and not many, not many uh, Israelites or Jews are, are believers now, we've taken their place. That's not really what happened. You've got to read Scripture. How many of you know you've got to get the full counsel of God's Word? I've been talking about that a lot lately. I asked then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, and a member of what? The tribe of Benjamin. He's saying, look, God is using me, and I'm Jewish. <laughs> Even though I'm reaching out to the Gentiles, he's called to the Gentiles now, the non-Jews, but he says God still has a purpose for his people. Let's keep going. No, God has not rejected his own people, whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you realize what the scriptures say about this? Look at this. Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, you've probably done this before. He said, God, I'm the only one, man. Nobody else is doing it, just me. Lord, they've killed your prophets, Elijah said, and torn down your altars. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. That's a tough story. Do you remember God's reply? He said, no, I have 7,000 others who have never bowed down to Baal. Baal was a big-time idol, a demon god. Lowercase g, not a big G, lowercase g. God always is going to have some people. We call it a remnant. There's always a part of folks that are going to serve God. It might as well be you. It might as well be me. I will. It's crazy. One man of God said years ago, he said, you want to be re rebellious now? He said, everybody running around cussing, cursing God, being perverted. That's the new norm. You want to be rebellious now? You want to be a rebel? Why don't you serve God? Because not many people do it. That's my way of being a rebel, not a truly rebellious against God, but I want to rebel against the system, man. The cosmos, the, the earth system is flawed and it's on its way down. Look, it is the same today for a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace. His undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. Aren't you glad? I don't have enough good works to get me in good with God. Neither do you. Scripture says our righteousness is like filthy rags. We've got to rely on Jesus and his grace, his empowerment to do right, his undeserved favor. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and what? Undeserved. Let me go back to the, let's go back to that last screen that says undeserved, if you don't mind. Und free and undeserved. Remember this. God chose you. I believe he chooses. Uh, scripture says he, he's, he's called us. He doesn't want anyone to die without him. But there's the called, and there's the chosen, and then there's the faithful. 
Revelation talks about that. Maybe I'm getting the order um, awry there. Maybe I'm moving the order a little bit, but it's called, chosen, and faithful. Everybody's called. Scripture says many are called, but few are chosen. And of those who are chosen, not all of them are faithful, huh? You say, oh, they didn't have the right gifts to serve God. No, I talked about it in my Bible study last night. You have gifts that you will go to heaven one day having not tapped into all your gifts. Social scientists, they claim that we have 500 to 700 unique abilities. 500 to 700. One of your odd abilities may be able to thread a needle. A lot of people are like this. Or write nice or something. You have 500 to 700. And think about it. You, you utilize some abilities, but it may be four or five, huh? Ask God to show you your special abilities. You are unique, but it's a gift from God. That's part of his grace on your life, too. That's part of his grace on your life. So we know salvation, it's undeserved. Man, God's grace and forgiveness, it's undeserved, but he loved you. Man, put your chin up, put your head up, but don't think, don't think for a minute you could do it without the Lord. You can't. You cannot, okay? His grace is undeserved, but hey, now, because of the blood of Jesus, you've got it. Let's move on to the next verse. So this is a situation most of the people of Israel have not found the favor of God they are looking for so earnestly. Man, this has to be frustrating. A few have the ones God has what? Chosen, but the hearts of the rest were hardened. Just trying to, trying to please God with the Old Testament. Trying to please God through sacrifices. Trying to please God. It's an uphill battle. Next verse. As the scriptures say, God has put them into a deep sleep. That's interesting. To this day, he has shut their what? eyes so they do not see and close their ears so they do not hear hmm let's keep going likewise david said let their bountiful table become a snare a trap that makes them think all is well let their blessings cause them to stumble and let them get what they deserve there's some people in the world this is going on right now remember scripture will always be fulfilled let their eyes go blind so they cannot see and let their backs be bent forever that's a tough word people who will not serve god in the right way that this is what comes on them. Did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the what? Gentiles. But he wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. <laughs> Let's go back to that second screen of 1111. He wanted his own people to become jealous and claim it for themselves. I want you to revel in this fact tonight as I draw to a close that God chose us even though we didn't deserve it. And I like to tell believers who have been believers a while, hey, don't forget you had to get saved too. Sometimes we, we have been believers a long time. We go, well, why are they acting like that? Or why are they doing this? Or, yeah, we can question stuff. We can question society or whatever. But at the same time, and this is a unique balance, you've got to be merciful with people. They deserve chances, but they all, sometimes you've got to draw boundaries too. Are you with me? At some point, you've got to draw boundaries. God is a God of boundaries. I believe it's Jeremiah 5.22 um, in the New Living Translation. Jeremiah even used the word boundaries. Can we go to Jeremiah 5.22? If I'm wrong, then, man, I'm way off. But I think it is Jeremiah 5.22. Read it a week or two ago. Have, look at what he's saying. God's speaking here. Have you no respect for me? Why don't you tremble in my presence? I, the Lord, define the ocean's sandy shoreline. 
as an everlasting boundary that the waters cannot cross. The waves may toss and roar, but they can never pass the boundaries I set. He's the God of boundaries. He will always have boundaries. There will be certain things in life. No, you forgive, you love people, you have mercy, but there's times you go, okay, that's it, stop. Stop. That's it, no more. No more. You ain't going to come in my house cussing, or you're not going to come in my house drinking, or you're not going to bring that mess, or no, I know you're a guest, but when you, I don't know why I'm getting into this. I really need to wrap this up. I don't know who this is for. Heard those say, we didn't go to church Sunday because family came to town. That's fine. Take a break sometimes. But there's times, I, I know my grandpa Senna was this way. Family would come in. He'd say, hey, love you guys. If you've got to leave while we're at church, turn the lights off, lock the door, but we're going to church. So I, I'm not going with y'all to church. That's okay. We love y'all. We'll see you next time. We hung out Friday, Saturday night, but I'm going to church. Come with us. No, we're not going. That's okay. I'm going to go to church. You've got to have boundaries with people. You forgive, you have mercy, but you are not a doormat. Study the life of Jesus. He was not a doormat. At the end, he gave up his life, but he rose again. He had boundaries. God has always had boundaries. You want to make your life better as a believer, even as a human? Have boundaries. Have, have areas you go, no, we're not going to do that. I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to take that kind of abuse. I'm sorry. I love you, but that's it. No more access to me. Bye. Goodbye. Oh, man, the power. I think they've even said it in the secular world, world, but it's so true. The power of goodbye. I love you. Bye. Pucker up, Pastor Coy used to say. Mwah. Kiss him goodbye. An everlasting boundary that the waters cannot cross. I do not know how I got into that, but I love taking my liberty on Wednesday night and just preaching and teaching. Go ahead and bow your heads. Close your eyes. We're going to pray. I always like to create this opportunity, and it may not be for you. It may not be for anyone in here. Maybe it's for someone on the live, live stream on YouTube or Facebook tonight. But if there is anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus and made him the Lord of my life and actually lived it before, <laughs> this is your night tonight then. This is your night tonight. I will not embarrass you in any way, but you got to be bold and not be ashamed of Jesus because he's the one who gets you to heaven. Not me, not you, not anyone around you. Who cares what they think? You are called to serve God, but it's your choice. Is there anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus and followed through and served God before. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you tonight. And if it's not you, we're going to pray together for those listening and tuning in on the live stream. Anybody in here at all? All right, repeat this prayer with me. It's so important. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner. I can't save myself. I'm so sorry. I know all of my sin was personal to you. I've sinned against you. That's why I need you, Lord. Please forgive me and cleanse me. See, I confess... And I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Satan is not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Save me, Lord. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again to save me from hell. Uh-huh. I said it. Say, save me from hell. Say, thank you for saving me. I believe, Lord. 
In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for the word tonight. May it fall on good ground. May it change folks' minds. May it change attitudes. Let it become the beginning of a long season and a permanent season of transformation and change in your presence. God, I need the word just as much as anybody else in this house. I don't go without your word. I don't go without your word. There will be no famine of the word in my life, and I will live that as an example. Now, Lord, let your people have a hunger and a desire for your word. Give me a, a new hunger and desire for your word. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, Jesus said in Matthew 5, for they shall be filled. Fill us, God, with your righteousness. I thank you, Father, for your people tonight who came out on a Wednesday night and those on the live stream as well. We trust you. We believe you. We thank you that you're with us. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name, somebody said, Amen. If you have an envelope, or you need an envelope, I should say, for tithe and offering, go ahead and raise your hand. We will get it to you if you want to use the text to give.